Assalamu alaikum and welcome to another episode of the Dr. Will Show, where I interview educators and entrepreneurs on leveling up. Each episode, I zoom in someone who's dope, and we'll just sit back and have a conversation on what it means to live your best life. Now, if this is your first time checking out the podcast, this is the Mobile University for Entrepreneurs, and I'm your host, Dr. Will. Today's guest is Ross Loveland. Uh, he's doing some interesting things, uh, working with small businesses, uh, helping them with an array of things uh, from taxes to bookkeeping and working with uh, educational consultants and helping them uh, launch their business. So I wanted to have him on to talk about that work and to get some gems uh, for those educators who are have either started the process uh, recently or who are working now and trying to put their uh, systems uh, in order. So for those who be listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Simplecast, Stitchers, and Spotify, and now Audible, will you please introduce yourself, Ross? Yes, of course, Dr. Well, thank you for that introduction. Yeah, I am the founder and pre chief profit strategist for Grow Green Profit Advisors, the name of my company. Uh, and like you mentioned, we specialize in working with educational consultants. And one of the reasons we do this uh, is because uh, we love working with them. And also most consultants feel overwhelmed by the financial aspects of their business. You know, they're, they're experts in their field and we're experts in ours. So we come in and we provide profit and bookkeeping services, other financial services to take the stress away so that consultants can focus on the work they love, on the good that they're doing, and then finally feel confident about their money. Awesome. So how did you find yourself in entrepreneurship? What did you think you'd be doing when you were growing up? Great question. So I've always been very entrepreneurially minded. Uh, even in high school, I was reading business books. I was kind of a weirdo that way. So I've always loved business, the idea of taking something, uh, building it, improving it, thinking, problem solving, using strategy. And so I, I carried that on. I got a business degree from BYU, and I ended up going into corporate finance for about five and a half years. But what I realized there is that it, it didn't fill my soul. I felt something lacking. And it was at a, it was at a pretty big company. This was a 10,000 person company, you know, doing revenue in the billions, capital B uh, of dollars every year. Uh, so while I did very well and it was compensated very well, I was always on the lookout for something different, um, something, something more. Uh, and you talked a lot on the show about building a side hustle. And that's actually how I started out as well. So I found this bookkeeping advisory course. I learned how to do bookkeeping. More than that, more importantly, how to be an advisor, how to be a financial partner with my clients. And so I started building my business, eventually quit my corporate job. And just always learning, always growing personally and as a business, that's something I definitely believe in. And along the way, I was blessed to start working with an educational consultant and then later another and then another. And I just have to say they're, they're the best people to work with. And that's why we've, as a company, decided to uh, specialize and, and really focus on, on them and their industry. So if you are a fan of this podcast or you have listened to a few episodes, then you know how much I am an advocate for educators creating multiple streams of income. Mm -hmm. Once you 
started because you just mentioned how you went through this process of, of picking up these new tools, this new knowledge base, and you went from this one educational consultant to another, to another. Sort of how did that process come about of you sort of figuring out that this was your niche? Like these were the people that mm-hmm. you want to be working with in your business. Yeah. The experience working with them has been better than others. I, I think being in the knowledge industry themselves, educators value that. They value the expertise that we bring. But there's also a, there's a humility there. So the educational consultants that I work with, they're hungry. They follow the systems that we teach them and the advice we give. And you know what? The result is they succeed. They do really well and they do amazing things. And that's fun to work with. Uh, another thing that really draws me to this industry is the, the dedication that educators have to doing good. And that's a big reason why I love the space so much. I figure that if I, as, as an accounting finance person, can help these individuals who are so dedicated to doing good, who give so much of themselves, if I can help them to have an increased ability to do that good, then that's the best. That's, that's what I want to do. So tell us uh, more about the work that you're doing uh, with uh, Grow Green Profit Advisors. Um, what, you know, it's been a process for me since that first job that landed in my lap mm-hmm. uh, to now over the years, you know, being able to uh, be recommended a CPA. And then having, you know, the blessing of working with that CPA over the years and having that CPA actually educate me on how this thing works, being able to tell me, oh, this is going to be um, a deduction. This is going to that'll be a deduction so that I could the, the following year. And, you know, in my mind. I knew certain purchases up front I could deduct. Even the whole idea of if you do something for free, Mm -hmm. like so you're volunteering your time, you can actually write that off as well, which, again, I never even thought about that. You know, but, you know, when she said, hey, if if a university calls you over and you come in and you do this keynote for them, but you don't get paid, you can actually write that off. And I was like, oh. okay, so I don't advocate for the free. But just knowing that that was possible, again, saw, you know, allowed me to see the whole game differently than from what I was playing when I first started. So right. walk us sort of through the process that you have when you first bring on an educational consultant. Yeah. And let me just say really quickly that one of the best moments in my business and honestly, my personal life was when I hired a CPA. Because uh, I'm not a, I personally am not a tax expert. Within our business and for our clients, we have others that do that. So that moment when I took that off of my plate and gave it to an expert who could teach me, help me manage that piece of it better, uh, it's huge. It makes a big difference. All right. So uh, when a new educational consultant starts with us, the very first thing we do, not necessarily finance related. Uh, but should be finance supported, 
is we figure out their goals. What do they want to accomplish? What is, what is their dream? For some people, it might be to support their family while working 30 hours a week. That's it. They just want to get to that point. Then they want to give the rest of their energy and their time to their family. Uh, or another educational consultant or other educator might have a goal that they want to give a certain amount of money. So I was just talking with someone the other day and within the next 10 years, he wants to give a million dollars away. That's an amazing goal. That is awesome. But he's going to have a different plan to get there than the person who wants to work 30 hours a week and have more time with their family. So it's a big part of what we do. Uh, so then we do that. We figure out their goals. We talk about you know, what it's going to be to get there. We have some systems that we use. One that we use to help us manage our money proactively is called Profit First. So it's a, it's a cash management system. So we're going to use that to make sure that your money goes to the places that you want, to the, the places you care about. Along the way, we're going to do some other things. We're going to you know, do uh, expense analyses together. Like you were talking about how your CPA taught you about certain expenses, certain things to look for, raise your awareness in that area. Uh, we do that too. So we'll, we teach our clients how to read reports. They learn what the numbers mean. And that, that's a big part of our philosophy is that we, we want to be those educators, I guess, for lack of a better word, educators to the educators uh, on finances, teach that financial literacy um, because they're going to be better off for that. And they're going to manage their business better because of that. So yeah, they'll read, teach them to read reports, what the numbers mean. We'll proactively plan for taxes, set money aside for that. All of our clients take quarterly bonuses as part of the system we put on. So that's pretty fun. We, this is October. So we actually just had a, a quarterly bonus distribution for all of our clients did that in their businesses. And seeing some of the things that they do is, is really fun. You know, one is one's getting a new wardrobe, one's taking a vacation with their family. Uh, another one is using it to hire a personal trainer. So again, you kind of use it for something fun, but also along with the, the goals that you have maybe in your personal life. And everything that we do, uh, our goal is to be the guide. We want to be the, the Dumbledore, the Gandalf, the Obi-Wan Kenobi. We want our client to be the hero, Harry Potter, Frodo, Luke Skywalker. Because no matter how much knowledge and experience we bring, the clients got to do the work. They have to want it. They have to show up. Uh, we can't, can't make someone more profitable if, if they don't want it themselves. So how do you decide on which clients to work with? Because quite honestly, for those who do not know this, there is a difference between, quote unquote, owning a job, which I, I think most educational consultants are. And what that means is you don't get paid unless you're on the road or you don't get paid unless you have a webinar to mm. deliver versus someone who actually has created an actual business where they're selling uh, curriculum guides, they're selling courses, they're selling uh, some coach, coaching services or they're selling uh, memberships where 
they don't actually have to show up all the time to get paid, right? So that business is generating money even when they quote unquote sleep or what they say, or people will say passive income, but there's nothing passive in it because you got to put the work in right. for that money to start kind of rolling in by itself. So when you are meeting that educator and mm. listening to them and understanding that again, that person says, I want to do a million dollars. That person will have to create a business, right? Right. A real business, not a, uh, I signed these four contracts to kind of do a keynote and speak. I go home, I get paid, but I only get paid when I show up. That's a different ball game. How do you figure out which clients that you want to take on? Yeah, so, so the difference there is going to come down to, so first, first motivation. So how, how driven is this person? Like you said, is this a business or is this just a, a hobby? They kind of enjoy, they like getting a little bit of extra money once in a while, but they're not too serious about it. So we're, we're definitely looking for those that are, that are building a business, those that want to grow, who want to improve themselves and others, uh, who want to be more financially successful. And, and also we look for those that, that either have a good mindset about money or are open to developing it, which is a hard thing in education. Uh, but those that understand that money isn't the end in and of itself, but that is a great tool. And it can help you get to your goals. It can be a force for good. It can allow you to have greater impact. So when we're looking at those that are trying to build a, you know, build this business, someone who wants to do keynotes and be a speaker, that's fine. That can be a business, but they need to be serious about it. They need to be building systems. What's their, what's their pipeline? What's their outreach process so that they're always lining up new gigs and how are they building themselves up as an influencer? Because that's what you've got to be if you're a keynote speaker. So there are educators that are, you know, maybe in more of an active business where they're doing work and, and getting paid for it. Uh, though I would say the more successful they are, the less likely they are to be getting paid by the hour and the more they are to get paid based on value or based on showing up. Um, but then there are those as well that can build something passive. They have an online course, like you were saying, um, different series, webinars, whatever. Uh, they might even have communities, Facebook groups. It's a common one. Just different areas, write books, lots of ways to make money. Awesome. So when you are, as a strategist, because I'm trying to figure this out, we're not trying to figure this out, but I, I like that you are coming from this business end, but you've chosen to work with educators and not um, someone who's like, because on you know YouTube and Instagram, there are like coaching businesses everywhere For that sure. are pop, you know what I'm saying, that are popping up with people say, oh, I can teach you to become a coach in this and high value coaching and, you know, course design, you know, sell all these courses. And, you know, as an educator, the coaching stuff 
not in my wheelhouse. But when you talk about course design and online courses, that is. And when I hear some of the, the rhetoric people speak about, I go, mm-hmm. I was like, you just selling folk on a dream. You're not selling them what, as an educator, I think, mm-hmm. is the transformation. How did you learn or come to understand that in terms of a clientele, that educators could take their degrees and their classroom experiences and turn those into a profitable business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the sad reality that I know you're very aware of, Dr. Well, is that traditional educators make terrible money. You know, those in the school system are not making a lot, especially when you factor in the level of emotional investment, the time, uh, and so, so one of the ways they can remedy that is by starting a business, starting a side hustle. And actually, one of my clients recently shared something with me that I thought was really highlighted that. She said, it's unfortunate that I had to leave the system to make the money that I deserve. I spent a ton of money on education and didn't finish school until I was 26. I feel like I am making the money I should have been making all along. So she, she is currently a full-time educational consultant. Um, yeah, so teachers should, uh, school admins, whoever, any educator, they should. They're highly educated. They have some wonderful skills. And I definitely believe there are more applications for that than just their own classroom. Uh, and, and you can see a lot of those out there. If you're on Twitter or Facebook, a lot of these teachers are working on these businesses and building them and, and succeeding. And like I mentioned before, my own business started as a side hustle. It's, it's a great way to go. Sometimes that will lead to a full-time business. It doesn't have to, um, but I, I did it on the side for over a year before I left into full-time. And I think if I can do it, a teacher, an educator can do it. So how do you go about teaching teachers how to set up goals for their business because you you have to set up maybe you know you can say well I want to educate these many people I want to deliver these many uh, sessions I want to do x y and z or even you know the hey I want the million dollars okay that's fantastic uh but getting them to sort of to define that uh, particularly when you're talking about now you have to create a system behind it, right? So mm-hmm. y- you can't just say, I want to do this. How are you going uh, to do this, right? Because you have to put all of those things in place for every, but actually run like a business right. and not be something, oh, I wake up today, I'm going to do something, I may not do anything tomorrow, or what have you. When you're working with, you know, teachers to do those goals, uh, how do you do that so that they not only understand, uh, create the goal, but understand the process behind creating the goal? Right. Good question. So one of the big things that we do is, is we're going to figure out those high-level goals, then we're going to break them down. So someone who wants to give, let's go back to that, that guy, he wants to give a million dollars, 
So how much do you need to make every year to give, uh, let's say $100,000? Cause you wanted to do that in 10 years. So if you're gonna give 100,000 this year, how much do you need to bring in? Okay, you wanna bring in, let's say a million, you'll give 10% of what comes in. So then we're gonna break it down more, okay? A million dollars, what are your current services? Uh, maybe he's consulting uh, for a couple of school districts. Maybe he's got an online course uh, and you know, working on a book. So then we're going to look at that and say, okay, you're working on a book. That's great. That's a long-term play. You're probably not going to get money from that this year. What about your online course? How much money are you making from that now? Okay, maybe it's, maybe it's $10,000. You know, maybe it's not a lot. Can this can it scale? How can we get it to more people? How can we add more value? Can you build this into something more than than just the the one course? And then with the consulting, you know, maybe there's more school districts. Can you spread more that way? And that way, you you come to realize pretty quickly if you break it down to that level, is this reasonable? Um, hopefully, the answer is yes. And if it is, how do I make it happen? So then you get you get real clear on the steps you need to take in order to achieve that goal. One of the things that we do with each of our clients is we, we meet with them every month, every single month, we have what we call a strategy meeting. So in that meeting, we're gonna look at the financial reports as part of it. We're also gonna review the goals. So, okay, your goal was to give a million dollars how are you, how'd you do last month? How's it looking for the rest of the year? What do we need to change? So we're gonna pivot if we need to, we're gonna make some changes, we're gonna strategize together to keep that goal moving forward. And sometimes goals change and that's okay too. It's like, okay, we've got a new goal. How are we gonna adapt to that? And what are we gonna do to, to make it happen? And a big part of that too, a natural result of that, because human beings were, you know, we're, we've got our business side, we've got our personal side, but it's one person, right? So we often talk about personal finances and personal goals in that meeting as well. So what I tell a lot of people is that if you make your business extremely successful, let's say you're taking home $300,000 after your expenses every year, but your personal finances are a mess, you're just, you just created, a, it's just a leaky bucket. You know, that money is, that successful business isn't doing you much good. So, so we'll, we'll talk about that and make sure, you know, personal side is looking good and we'll review those goals too. So we'll do wealth building with clients once they're at a certain point. Okay, you've, you've kind of, maybe you've attacked some of your personal debts and those are gone. Now you want to, to work on some, some wealth building. Let's talk about some strategies for that and make sure your money isn't just getting spent. So we know if we don't have a plan for our money, we're just going to spend it. We won't remember what we spend it on. It'll just be stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I want to stick with that, for example, for a second to talk about the money mindset. Mm -hmm. Because the way I handle things is from my full-time employment, I put away 10%. Okay. And hopefully nothing ever comes of what got to dip into it, but the goal is always 10%. Then when I do my consulting, 
what I try to do is most of that, I try to just that go away. Mm-hmm. And I don't like to spend unless I have a certain amount of money, right? So let's say for this summer, uh, between June, between June and Ju- June and July, I worked summer school, so I got an extra check for that. Then I had two contracts that I had. And I spent none of that money at all. It was like I'm stacking it because I'm not out here. Just because I got it doesn't mean I need to spend it. Right. And there was a t- I always wanted to upgrade the living room TV. But I said to myself, Mm-mm, just because I got this money sitting in the bank, and then I didn't spend it. But what happened was I got an unexpected contract that came up in August. Okay. Then I took that money and I bought my TV. There you go. Right. When teachers are, when you're talking to teachers about this whole money thing and them understanding not only saving, you know, the, the, the day job check, if that's what they're still employed with the school district, but also understanding that just because, you know, some school district paid you $10,000 doesn't mean you need to pay the $10,000, right? So there are things like tackling debt and still saving at the same, at the same time. And at some point you want to start investing. So right. how do you get them to understand that that money mindset? Because again, some people don't understand that. And then you also have some financial people who say, uh, well, you know, if you stop, you know, you do a budget and then, you know, if you look and saw you spent, you know, $6 at Starbucks every day, if you stop doing that, you had this much money. And I'm going to tell you right now, stop. Pay me Starbucks because stop drinking. If you stop drinking Starbucks, that's not going to make you wealthy. So just go ahead and drink the Starbucks. I'm just being honest with you. That's thirty dollars a week. <laughs> um, even if you say that's a hundred, that's a hundred. You know, thirty dollars a week, hundred twenty dollars a month. Uh, I'm still going to say just enjoy the dog on Starbucks and find in some other ways mm-hmm. to do things. I don't believe in depriving yeah. yourself, but I believe in making smart choices with your money. Right. So when you're sitting down with people, and I don't know if you sit down with their budget, uh, if you sit down with their bills that they have, I have, you know, I don't know how you worked it out, but how do you get them to understand that this business, the cornerstone, the foundation of this thing must be on a solid financial ground. If not, as you mentioned earlier, it doesn't matter how much money they make, they can still be living check to check. Right. So we handle a lot of that just by the nature of this system that we use, this profit system that I talked about before that helps manage cash. And so a lot of the mindset to that is a a viewpoint of percentages. So let's say we get it, we get some money in, we want to put some to, you know, to our business, to overhead. We want to take some home. We want to put some aside for taxes. 
Okay, so we're gonna chunk up money in these different areas and it's, and it's by percentage. So then when unexpected money comes in, same thing. You get a little bit extra to take home. You also get a little bit extra towards your taxes, a little bit extra for the profits for the business. And so we're, we're kind of following the system and it's gonna funnel money in these different ways. So as things do go well, you get some, you know, some personal benefit, which I think is really important psychologically. You get to, you know, take your spouse out to a nice dinner or whatever it is. You know, you got a little bit extra. Uh, and that makes a big difference because then you can feel good. But then you're also going to make sure that you're putting some money aside. You're saved for taxes. You've got money maybe for your rainy day, just in case things happen. We want to make sure that that money does have a purpose, that we do have a system, whatever it is. Uh, so th this one, this profit one's more on the business side, um, but it's going to do that very well. And, you know, you want, you talked about buying the TV. So this is a, this is a really common thing that the perfect example of what we'd use a profit distribution for. So we build those up, we get these quarterly bonuses. We instruct our clients that it's only for fun. You have to spend it on something you enjoy. You cannot spend bills on it. You can't buy groceries. You're going to have fun with it. So when we're talking about spending on the personal side, it's, it's the same thing. So for some people, a budget is going to be too much. It's just too much mental energy, and they, they can't manage a, bu a budget. You might fire them up, and they'll do it for one month, and then they'll fall off. Other people will latch onto a budget. They will love it and they'll, it'll just be what they need and it will really help them manage their money. So it's about finding the right tool for the right person too. Uh, so sometimes, uh, so I've got a client like that where there was no way they were gonna budget. They tried it before and failed, tried and failed. Credit cards were getting them. Sometimes they missed payments because they didn't have enough and they just weren't managing their personal finances very well. So we just created a very simple system for them. They created, a, this is also based on that, that profit system, but for the personal side. So they created a household account. They created a fund account. They created a savings account. And so when money came in, they followed percentages and so much went into each of them. And then they used it accordingly. The household they could use for groceries, uh, they could use it for clothes and they could use it, you know, for things they needed around the house. And they had their fun one. If they wanted to go out to eat, there had to be money in that account. If there wasn't, they didn't go out. If that system worked great for them, still works great for them. They're completely debt-free actually, by the way, <laughs> that's they're one of our favorite success stories. Uh, so you just gotta, you gotta find the right tools. Sometimes it's a little exploring, uh, but once you do, once you find the system, uh, then you can have great success and money can, and can work for you. And you can start to do some exciting things. You can start to live like never before, give like never before, like Dave Ramsey talks about. <laughs> All right. So before we go, what is your advice uh, to a new educational consultant and how can they work with you? Awesome question. You know, I think the top thing that comes to mind for me is to surround yourself with quality professionals. And while we'd love to be included in that team, if for whatever reason it's not a good fit, that's okay. 
find someone that solves your needs, that is the person that makes you better, makes your business better. Educators like to wear 17 hats, but no one person knows everything. So my, my recommendation uh, and my challenge would be find one area in your business where you're not an expert, where you're weak. Maybe you hate spending time there um, because it's not natural. Uh, and fill that with someone else. Outsource it, hire someone, find a system or a tool that takes care of it. You'll be surprised at the results from that. It's going to allow you to focus more on the areas where you really shine, where you're truly a, a master at your craft. Uh, and it, your business is going to be unlocked. It's, it's going to accelerate. Those that want to work with us, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter. And my handle there is Ross Loveland, pretty straightforward. Uh, also check out our website. We've got a new client questionnaire that you can fill out and we'll reach out and start talking and figure out if it's a great fit and how we can help you get to the next level of your business and really make money work for you. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Ross, for coming on the show. Thank you, Dr. Will. It's been a pleasure. You are welcome. Now, people, you know how I do this. This podcast episode is going to be on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Simplecast, Citrus, Spotify, and Audible. I need you to subscribe, and I need you to share it with your network. And though I am on all major podcast platforms, I'm trying to grow on Apple Podcasts, so I need you to listen to it, and I need you to leave a review. The stars are great, but can a brother get a review because I'm trying to be found on Apple Podcasts, and I'm trying to get Oprah on the show. And I want to know that we're doing dope things around here. Again, I'd like to thank my guest, Ross Loveland, for coming on and dropping so many gems. And I'd like to thank you again for checking out another episode of the Dr. Will Show. As always, people, invest in you, ADU, peace.